Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It is Tuesday. It is once again time for the Out of Sight podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network. I am your host, Adil Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. Uh, I don't know how chill or not you guys are feeling, but I'm not feeling great considering the Sixers, your Sixers, have officially lost their last four games. Uh, two to the Bucks, one to Phoenix, and one to Golden State. Continuing on something that was expressed by Steve Littman on this podcast a few weeks ago, uh, it, it seems like the word gauntlet is the word of the month for the month of April for people on the site. Uh, are, are we just all trying to get the most usage out of that word, uh, Dave? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Well, I, you know, I look at it as like we we probably saw this as a two-team race to get the one seed, uh, and then all of a sudden the Sixers drop four straight because they don't have Ben Simmons, um, and it's suddenly a three-team race. So now I look at the final, you know, 12 games, and I'm thinking this is, this is a gauntlet. The Sixers are going to have to win – this absurd amount to to get home court which it's increasingly feeling like they're going to need so let's try to calm people's fears a little bit because you mentioned ben simmons and him being injured he at the time of this recording he was a game time decision battling whatever illness that he has non-covid flu I believe uh, the latest is he's expected to play, I, I heard. Oh, fantastic. Keith, well, Keith Pompey said he's expected to play. That's great then. But just to kind of help everybody calm their fears about, you know, the team losing four straight, they didn't have their defensive player of the year candidate and their best offensive initiator. So I know they've lost four straight, but they were all to playoff caliber teams. And when you think about the Bucks and the Suns, they're finals ca- caliber teams. So, you know, at, at full strength, I don't I don't think they lose four in a row like that. Do you? No, certainly not. And I, I think we have to temper feelings and emotions a little bit here, because, yes, the Sixers are in a little bit of a tailspin, but they're still second in the East a game and a half behind the Brooklyn Nets. They still have two games up on Milwaukee for the difference between the second and the third seed slot. So, I mean, it's not all bad. Like a win against the Thunder would definitely do a lot to kind of ease people's fears and tensions a little bit. So hopefully they get this win against the Thunder because like you said, it's at full strength. Sixers don't go down like this four straight hard like that. Uh, a 
couple friends were texting today. He said, let's say you, one's a Knicks fan. He said, if I were getting to play any of the big three, who, who should I want to play first? Uh, the Nets, Sixers, or the Bucks? So we thought about it. We talked about it. If, if you and I are putting out fires and trying to get people to feel better, yeah, the Sixers were missing two of their best three players against the Warriors. If they even just had Tobias Harris, um, they might have beaten the Warriors. And, and then the Embiid same- was a, a late scratch that second game of the back-to-back against Milwaukee. Yeah. Some people thought there was some load mismanagement there. That <laughs> load mismanagement. The end of the back-to-back. Right. Uh, and then he would have gotten the full day and a half rest and he could have played where that game was close after Seth Curry got hot. And who knows how that game winds up down the stretch if he were active. But as, as they did it, you know, not necessarily that the shoulder injury is related to the potential fatigue, but it, it didn't work out in their favor. So looking back, you can always question it. Um, but yeah, you know, not having two of your best players in two winnable games, they only lost to the Suns by three and, and beat almost banked in a full court shot. Right. So that was insane. Harris active. I think they probably would have won that game. On the other hand, what we ended up deciding for my friend was that of the three, you should probably want to play the Sixers because Joel Embiid hasn't looked like he was before he got hurt in mid-March. His mid-range game still isn't as consistent as we would like to see. He still does do some wincing, limping, or brace pulling throughout games. Right. Tobias Harris has not been fully healthy. He admitted you know, four or five days ago that he was dealing with a bone bruise in his sore right knee, which is why he's been Oof. often on the injury report or in and out of lineups for the last two months. Uh, and then Ben Simmons misses four in a row with an illness and potentially some off the court stuff he might be dealing with. So the Sixers are not at full strength. Um, they also mentioned Seth Curry and Danny Green have a hip issue that's been bugging them. If, if you were looking at these three, the Sixers are probably the least healthy with the least upward trajectory. So they're really going to need home court. We noted that health was going to be a really big part of the Sixers finals push going into the final now 12 games of the season. So let me ask you this, which would you prefer going into the playoffs? Would you prefer the better seed? I know we've talked about this before, because if you're the one seed, you have to face Milwaukee or Brooklyn. If you're the two or the three seed, you got to play them both. But which would you rather have right now? Would you rather have the seeding or would you rather have the completely healthy team? Given the choice, I'm definitely going to take the completely healthy team. Yeah. Um, if you're coaching the team, you, you need to do your best to thread the needle and go for both at the same time. Right. Um, and, you know, that could mean on a night like tonight playing the tanking thunder that you don't activate a certain player. I mean, obviously, you're, you're probably going to want to play Embiid to snap this losing streak. Um. But if Tobias Harris's knee is dragging on, maybe they feel they can win this game without him if Ben Simmons is going to play. Um, you know, the Nets have two games in, Minnesota, in Milwaukee. 
And correct. Who knows how they're going to play that? Are they going to try to win? Are they going to bench all three of their guys? They, they have shown the least regard for prioritizing seeding, which is funny because they're the one, <laughs> one and a half game lead in first place. Kyrie and bench reserves is <laughs> like a top four team in the East. <laughs> uh, I want to quote a part of your piece last week before I ask my next question. The Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, do quote unquote control their own destiny. However, of the three teams, they A, have by far the toughest remaining schedule, and B, have seemed almost disinterested in seeding all year long, prioritizing one of the fiercest and most disciplined load management programs since the days of Popovich. That being said, if the one seed is more or less decided, let's say, five or six games out of the playoffs. Would you sit Joel and the starters for the rest of that regular season and just, you know, incur the wrath of fines by Adam Silver and just be like, listen, we're going for a championship here. And I know you risk sliding out of the two and the three seed, but is that something that you would consider? First of all, I don't think he could have any business finding the Sixers and Joel Embiid, <laughs> given what the rest of the NBA has done this year. But that, just being, saying. Said, that being said, I, I would, I would value the second seed because okay. first of all, if you are in that two or three seed, you might be opening up against the Celtics or the heat and neither of those are going to be fun. Not at all, especially Boston, because I, then I got to hear from all the Celtics fans in my timeline. I'd rather not deal with that for another goddamn April and May. Th- things change all the time. And of course, there's this weird play in tournament. But holy mackerel is the difference between the one seed and the two seed road to the finals right now. Huge. The Nets would have the Hornets first. Then they would have the winner of the Knicks Hawks. Before finally getting to host maybe the Sixers or the Bucks, assuming that you know no upsets happened. And if you were the Sixers right now, you'd be do you'd have to go through Heat and then host the Bucks and then visit the Nets. But if you're the three seed, you're hosting the Celtics, then you're visiting the Sixers, and then you're visiting the Nets. You only you're, you're just you're just on the road the rest of the time. Yeah. So the, there's a difference between the two seed and the three seed. And to me, that would be the difference in who's favored in that series. I would would just like to thank you for uh, uh, reinvigorating the possibility of a Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks playoff series. Uh, Might not get it in the first round, might get it in the second round. And that, that would be even better. (laughs) I I would much rather a Sixers Knicks second round series. That would be a dream. That would be awesome. I would enjoy that (laughs) thoroughly. And uh, Sean Kennedy, Kevin F. Love, whoever I got to talk to to get uh, press badges for the garden. Uh, yeah, I'll take my weekends off. That's fine. I will yeah. reserve them for that. Uh, I've talked about this. My next point, I talked about this for a while now, and the bucks are kind of surging. And I'll just repeat something that I've been saying for at least a month now. Remember when I said that Milwaukee is the team that I worry about the most. I don't know if you disagreed with me, but... Oh, hardcore disagreed with you, yeah. 
Okay. Are you ready to believe me now? Absolutely not. Oh, come on, Dave. <laughs> this is not a shot at the Bucks. The Bucks are absolutely <laughs> surging. They've got the best differential, I think, in the East. But come on. Have you seen the Nets roster? I mean, Kyrie I, and the bench keeps teams in games. And Kevin Durant doesn't even have to play 25 minutes. And they don't even have James Harden ready to go. The Bucs wouldn't stand a chance against a fully healthy Nets team. And here's the thing. I still haven't seen KD, Kyrie, and Harden all play together. I Do don't you know have what to, to? I don't Do know what to, to expect. I don't know what to expect from these guys. I don't know if there's going to be like a Kyrie hero ball that derails the whole process. Like, I got to see how these three operate if I'm it's the head like, coach. It's like if now. I told you we made the dream team for U.S. Olympics and you were like, I just haven't seen them in action yet. That's, but I keep telling you, okay, well, listen though. who's on the team. <laughs> that's it's Giannis, though. it's Luca, it's LeBron. Do you right, well, first of, okay, well, first of all, Luca wouldn't be playing for Team USA. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's different because, you know, half of the, I would say, 70 to 80% of the world's best basketball players will be playing for Team USA. And the rest are just Australia slovenia brazil's places like that like you know team usa could swamp those guys but trust me drew holiday gives the bucks another dimension and and they're just building chemistry and they look better than they have in the last couple of years all right um but <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna read <laughs> i'm not gonna read you the nets roster all right okay um i i do agree that if they're all humming brooklyn seems to be unstoppable Two two of their big three and one is on is at 30 percent is winning the east you you heard all, it here, all you heard healthy, it here first all y'all need to healthy. get in all y'all get in dave's mentions now like y'all can leave me alone now like all dave is the target healthy, now we're gonna be saying 97 bulls 2017 warriors and where does this next team rank are they the third best if they do it again next year, are they going to be the load management dynasty? Does this prove the regular season's not worth doing at all? Um, I would put, if they were all healthy, I would put Brooklyn this year right up there with the 2017 Warriors because they yeah. have that kind of firepower between all phases of offense with the exception of like, low post i guess but you know the 97 bulls and the 2017 warriors didn't really have somebody that was banging in the post anyway so i guess that's a moot point but from a super dream team perspective also you can't leave out the lebron wade bosh miami teams like those that squad was pretty well balanced so I feel like one of those should be in there too. I can't really decide which year, but one of those, one of the, one of the Heedle teams, at least one. Yeah. I, I will take your stance on this, on this conversation. Like where would they rank all the time if they won? I, now I'm going to need to see it before I put them up there with these Warriors teams. See, there you but, go. <laughs> but for the, for these bucks, no, I, I don't need to see it. You talked about scheduling in the last part of your piece and when it comes to scheduling, I you hear this almost every year at this point, right? Where, you know, the Sixers have the easiest schedule or like a bottom half of the uh, league in terms of schedule. We hear that a lot. And 
how much does it really play in at this point? Because we've seen them have easy schedules to close out a season before, and it just doesn't continue going into the playoffs, I guess is the right way to put that. Well, at this point, the schedule is good. Like, it would stink if it was as hard as the Nets. If, yeah. If we had two two in Milwaukee, one in Dallas, one in Denver, a couple back-to-backs like they do, uh, you and I would be dreading a little bit more. So right. you got you to take it, like, OKC at home, and then two more at home. Maybe Trey Young won't even be playing in those. Um, the, the reason where you where it could be fool's gold – is like, what if a team like Miami, who's dealt with a host of injuries and health and safety protocol, what if they're clicking at that point and fully healthy and they aren't as bad as their record would indicate? Then, you know, you could drop that L. The Sixers play the Heat on May the 13th, and that's one of the final teams that are like playoff caliber. I know the Spurs are in there too, but I don't know how playoff caliber the Spurs are. But that back-to-back against Atlanta, that, that's going to be rough. If Trey plays, it's going to be bad. But if he doesn't play, then, you know, it's another one of those winnable games because the Hawks are not the Hawks without Trey Young. They just, they, just won, they just blew out the Heat, like, by 15 without him, and then they knocked off the Bucks last a uh, couple nights ago without him. I, um, uh... So it's not like they're a pushover. Nate McMillan always has his teams playing really hard, but right. I, I think the Sixers will win those if they if they have two of their big three active. And how how much do you play into like Trey Young is out for Atlanta? You can only get away without having Trey Young before you kind of before they kind of crash back to earth. I, I'm with you there. I wouldn't expect them to beat a fully loaded Philadelphia team. In, in Philly, especially. The rest of this schedule, it could kind of serve as like a tune-up for some of the guys, because I know you said that Seth Curry, Danny Green, they're dealing with hip stuff. So Thibel, Matisse Thibel is getting a lot more of a run. And Jackson Frank penned something for Liberty Ball that came out today asking, okay, Matisse's defense is elite. What well, comes next? next? So what... What do you kind of want to see from him these last 12 games as he gets more and more of an extended stretch? Like, are you more concerned about him getting consistent with the threes or just like continuing what he's doing, adding the slash and cut game? Uh, All of the above, like my main thing with Matisse, the thing that would get me the most excited besides his threes going in, because who knows if that would even hold up for the playoffs. Right. Um, would just be to see how Doc does his minutes. If he's if he continues the rest of the year to get 19 minutes a game or so, that's going to be disheartening to me because I think really I think if the Sixers were to win the title, it would be because he wound up playing a larger role in the playoffs than he did in the regular season. That's a good I like, point. I like the idea that at any point in the game you have maybe two of the best defensive players in the entire league. And sometimes in some lineups, three of them, because if the Nets win, it's because they just blitzed you with points. But if the Sixers won the title, it's probably because they locked you down. Jackson's uh, one of Jackson's point in his column kind of 
runs off of what you just said. Jackson says, quote, the offensive holes are warts to work around, not derail him, though. At a baseline, he is already a rotation player and elite perimeter defender on a finals contender. And I completely agree with that. If Matisse gets a little bit more, you know, not even maybe hitting the threes, but just the consistency of the willingness to pull that trigger if he's wide open or even semi-open. Yeah, the the interesting thing about his three-point profile, a lot of people focus a lot on on the percentage. Oh, he's only at 29%. Oh, he's up now 34%. He shoots so few of them that this is sort of like counting the percentages of like five five occurrences. You know? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you go from 40% to 60% in one in one turn. Um his and so to your point, it's about the volume. You want him to be more comfortable taking them, but not too comfortable. I like it when he has time to load up, he's wide open, his feet are set, and he's in those corners more than I like it when he's sprinting with Ben in transition and he pulls one from above the break. Of the three teams in this gauntlet that you talk about in terms of their scheduling, obviously Brooklyn's is the most brutal. Two in Milwaukee, one in Dallas, and one in Denver. That's crazy town. Uh, the very next sentence, uh, 538 was 538.com, only projects them for another six wins, essentially getting the three seed. Um, is that kind of where you see it landing? Or maybe Brooklyn can hang on to that one seed that they, I guess, really want. 538 updated with the Nets win over the Suns. That was a really big win for them in the standings. Um it, I think it also sent the message to anyone who watched that game. Durant wasn't playing like a full workload. I don't think he checked into the game until so, halfway through the second or something like that. Right. Um, and the Suns, fully healthy and well-rested, couldn't separate from Kyrie plus reserves. <laughs> and so it's like, dude, if you get Durant playing healthily and then you added James Harden, it's just not going to matter. So what does matter at this point is getting home court ad- advantage because that's the least you can do. And so I think the Sixers probably even more than the Bucks need that. So basically what you're saying is no matter where the Sixers finish to end the regular season, you want them to be ahead of Brooklyn. I want them to be the one seed because <laughs> okay. I, that, I love that potential path of like Hornets, Knicks, Delay, 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 and, <laughs> and only play one of the best teams in the East, and it's in South Philly. Um, and you never know what can happen. I mean, look at Toronto in the finals. Like, they ended up plowing through a super-duper team because of the injuries. So, not that you would ever hope for that to happen. No, 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 no. We don't do that on this podcast. <laughs> no, of course not. But if the Nets had to go through the Celtics and then the Bucks. Just to go to Philly, they might be a little road weary. I mean, that's, it's not impossible. Crazy that, things have happened. That would be brutal for Brooklyn if they have to go, if they have to start against, you know, the Celtics or I, even even the Heat if they're like the two or the if they're the two seed and Miami holds at seven. Like uh, Brooklyn, Miami, that 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 series goes seven probably. Like Jimmy's not going to bow out without a fight. Someone who caught the Nets in the first round who was good, if that happened, 
that might not be the worst thing because I think, who was it, Steve Nash, who said we're back to square one with James Harden's hamstring. So let's say he's rounding into form or potentially not even yet ready for that series. That's when you want to pounce on Brooklyn. Um, so, yeah, that who knows how that could wind up going. Yeah, this is right now is kind of when you want to catch Brooklyn slipping right about now. And Kyrie Irving has been healthy. He's been playing like an MVP in that Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni system. Um, but he's carrying the load and he's had multiple knee surgeries himself. So let's not pretend he's indestructible. If he wins them that one seed or two seed and he goes into the first round, it's possible that he, you know, pulls a hamstring or whatever it is. Now, Milwaukee, as you point out, could control their own destiny as far as the two seed. Uh, they have beat Brooklyn at home twice. Um, at no point were they, you know, full strength Brooklyn anyway. Uh, 538 also suggests that the Bucks will win nine of their final 13 and finish tied for the three seed. Keep in mind, Brooklyn. I wrote all that before they dropped. This one. was all. Yes. <laughs> important, important disclaimer. Um, as you look at everything and how these teams are looking right now and the injuries to Brooklyn and Kyrie going out of his mind and the surging bucks and the who knows what the hell is happening. Sixers best estimate how this shakes out. I know you want the Sixers to get the one seed, but what is most likely it's a good question. Let me, let me crunch a couple of these Excel sheets now. So if the Sixers, <laughs> if the Sixers won out, they're at 51 wins. If the Nets, if the Nets won all their games, except the Milwaukee game, let's, let's look at it like that. Okay. Um, let's say they lose both in Milwaukee for some reason, like they don't even play their guys and then they win all the rest feasible. Let me see where that puts them. That puts them what? 48, 49, 50, like 51 wins. So if the Sixers won all the remaining games and the Nets won all the remaining games, except the two in Milwaukee, the Sixers would have that possess that tiebreaker over the Nets. They'd be the one seed in that case. So you're going to become a big Milwaukee fan when they host the Nets next weekend. I'm fine with that. That that's fine. If that's if that's what we got to do. If I have to be a Bucks fan for a weekend after they, you know, did what they did against the Sixers this past weekend, that's fine. That'll be like, okay, we're sorry we roughed you up, but here we'll hand Brooklyn these two L's and we'll see you in South Philly in about in about a month. Now, if if the if Milwaukee wins one. Maybe the Nets lose in Dallas. Maybe they lose in Denver. Those are not going to be gimme games. Yeah, those are not Kate games. No, for sure not. Um, and amazingly enough, Denver, and I said this on a podcast I did over the weekend, Denver is not done just because they lost Jamal Murray. Like, if anything, that gives Michael Porter Jr. more opportunity to show what kind of a go-to scorer he can be. Correct me if I'm wrong. Could the Sixers have selected? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to ruin your day. No, don't. No, don't. <laughs> don't. You, no, that's, that's quite all right. Um, I don't like to think about what could have been if Michael Porter Jr. was on this team. <laughs> I just because don't like, It just causes me nightmares. He certainly could be. Um, <laughs> because, of, because of the Nets and how good they are, because that the Bucks have an outside chance, um, I think that the Sixers, given their current state of health, probably have 
a percentage to win the one seed between, I would say between 30 and 45. So maybe we split the difference and say like 40, 40% to win the one seed. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with those. I'm okay with those figures because so much could happen. Cause like you said, Dallas, Denver, they could catch Brooklyn slipping because you know, it's, it's one of those weird nights where Durant has to come in and play like 40 minutes and he's not necessarily ready for that. Cause I, know, yeah, I don't think Kyrie needs a break. I think the one thing they've demonstrated is discipline and, and they realize they're, they're only bugaboo at this point is health. Like if you were coaching the, the nets, you'd be like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna mess up unless we pull, we all pull hamstrings. Yeah, I'm I'm gearing up for a playoff run at this point. If I'm Steve Nash, I'm just like, listen, I got three of the five best play or three of the ten best players in the NBA right now. If I get into the playoffs, then I feel like I can match up offensively with anybody. Maybe not defensively, but I can outscore just about anybody. And we're okay with that. And we're okay with that. Yeah. What, what else you want? <laughs> we're not gonna stop. <laughs> we're not gonna. <laughs> lock you down like the the 97 bulls 90 year old deandre jordan is not stopping anyone in the paint no no <laughs> he's not gonna stop and beat and sixers fans c- can rest on that um but what happens at the other end it's, it's trouble seth curry out there who's he guarding uh, a little bit it's a little it's a little concerning but we'll we'll see what happens we'll see how this all shakes out in the next 12 games Dave Early, Liberty Ballers own, of course. Always love having you on the podcast. Dave, uh, plug your plug your social media, plug your things, tell people where they can find you. D-A-V-I-D-E-A-R-L-Y on Twitter, David Early. I write for Liberty Ballers and I host a Liberty Ballers podcast called No Particular Hurry, the phrase I uh, borrowed from Mark Zumoff himself. As in the Brooklyn Nets are in no particular hurry to rush their, their big three back. And, and the Sixers killing clock after the win tonight against the Thunder. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping to hear. Oh, that would be amazing. Dave Early, always love to hear from you and talk to you and chat it up and chop it up. I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today